you're in Seattle, Seattle. And you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbouncedown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 495 now of the Ron and Don Show, and oh yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, is America actually on the right track? Some people are saying, heck yeah, maybe time for some good news. Also, third graders playing basketball, should they be taunting? <laughs> The amount of taunting that kids do today that's even allowed blows me away. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. We're going to be talking a lot, February 16th, about a life-changing event. Uh, and this could change your life. February 16th slash change. We'd love for you to come. Ronadon.com. Yeah, Ronadon.com. We're going yeah, to be talking about uh, buying your first piece of real estate or maybe your first investment property, maybe your first rental, right? So we're going to be discussing how we purchase real estate and how it changes our lives. Ron will share some personal stories. I'll share some personal stories. We'll get you fed. We'll be there for a couple hours. 30 seats available. Ronanddon.com slash change. Here's something else that Ron's going to touch on at this life-changing event is the way that we look at ourselves and the way that we frame ourselves. You may see yourself right now as, hey, I'm a renter. I could never own a home. I don't know how to do that. It's too complex. I don't have a down payment. I don't have a W-2 job. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to school, whatever that is. Well, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes the way that we look at ourselves becomes critical in our success in life as far as being a parent, as far as being an entrepreneur, as far as our education goes, as far as participating in a family or in the neighborhood, uh, sometimes being successful as far as being a partner and also a successful real estate investor. Ron, this is interesting because you've been reading a lot about the way that we look at ourselves and the way that we frame ourselves, and maybe we should back up and reframe ourselves, right? Yeah, this has been a journey for me. It does just apply to real estate. We talked a couple episodes ago about this when it came to New Year's resolutions, and so I put a mantra in my phone. Uh, I put a bunch of mantras in my phone after I'm starting to reread uh, James Clear book about uh, atomic habits. And so the one of the phrases I did is, I'm the type of person that doesn't skip workouts, That's the phrase that pops up on my phone and it reminds me. So just at that example alone, I'm doing a 30-day yoga challenge. I did, before we recorded today, day 18. Nice. So I've done 18 days in a row. Uh, It's online with uh, Yoga yoga with Adrian, uh, an instructor I really like. So I'm on day 18. Awesome. And so every day after I do the class, I can go to my fridge. Good job. And I made a scoreboard. That's great. So my scoreboard on my fridge has a little box. Is it 18 to nothing right now? And I get to hit inside that 18 days in a row, it says yoga in that box. Okay. And so that's just a... that motivates me for, I know it's dumb. I'm a man in my fifties. I like to write on this scoreboard. Yeah. You've seen the scoreboards in my house. I like to keep score because yeah. then I know if I'm winning or losing. So in concert with that, 
I, uh, I'm a big fan of the Broken Record podcast. It's with Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Gladwell's production company. So Rick Rubin has a new book out. He's a music producer, uh, founded Def Jam Records. Uh, if you know, he looks, he has a big white beard. You may have, have seen him before. He has a new book out about, uh, creativity mm. because he's created some of the most, successful albums of all time from run dmc to beastie boys to johnny cash uh he's he's kind of done it all LL cool j jay-z 99 problems that was rick rubin and so i was listening to malcolm gladwell and him talk about being creative and talk about this book and they they sort of hit on this thing where both of them got excited and it was about how you talk to yourself Mm. how you frame up your life to yourself and so Rick was talking about, and when he's, he's working with the biggest acts in the world. And he said, when someone talks about themselves and they use the word shouldn't a lot, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. And they're looking at, at something, whether it's a music take or an album or a career move, whatever it is, he's like, as soon as they frame that up as shouldn't, that means that they're viewing their past self. Having made a mistake. Mm. So they're looking at themselves, talking to themselves and saying that version of you made a mistake. And he's like, I reject that. He says, almost everyone I know made the best choice they could at that time. Previous you didn't know what you know now. Mm. And so when you think of yourself as I'm going through life, judging myself as someone who made mistakes. Yeah. And that that I regret making those mistakes, and I shouldn't have made those mistakes. He goes, "You're framing that in a way that is inhibiting your creativity. It's inhibiting your ability to go forward because previous you wasn't making a mistake. That's what that's the skill set you had. You that that's what you that's what you were working with. You weren't setting out to go. I'm going to make a huge mistake today. <laughs> you, you were thinking, here I go. Yeah. I would like to do the best I can today." And so, and, and sometimes the decisions you previous you made uh, have a cost to them. He's not saying that you go on with blinders and, and then Malcolm jumped in and he was like, yeah, I just was a speaker at this uh, university and it was a psychology program and they were talking about the way in which you talk to yourself has, has a way bigger impact than, than we previously thought. And it seems a little Pollyanna-ish and it seems a little woo-woo, but he's like, the way that you talk to yourself and how judgmental you are or non-judgmental you are with yourself has a huge impact. So back to our life-changing event. If if the narrative in your mind has always been, uh, and I'll take one that I, I have a personal a friend that, that says this, I'm not handy, therefore I could never be a homeowner because wow. if something breaks and I'm a renter, I get to call the landlord. Like, it's not my problem. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to pay rent because I'm not handy. I could never do this. Mm. And I try to encourage that person. It's like, well, that may be true. Maybe you're not handy. But as you always talk about, um, this asset that you're living in is increasing in value, especially in the Pacific Northwest. And so whatever it is that you think that you can't, that you're not handy about, even if you have to hire someone, you're still not outpacing the increase in value of this asset. So let's just take a, you buy a condo for, or a house for half a million dollars, 
which would be nothing spectacular in the Pacific Northwest. There's a bread and butter house probably in the suburbs somewhere. And then you like, oh man, my water heater went out. 1200 bucks. If I was a renter, I'm just calling the landlord. I'm not handy. I can't fix that. Yeah, that's a I can't fix a water heater. But I, it doesn't scare me because a year from now, the house is going to be more worth 10 times more than it cost me to fix that water heater. Does that make sense? Yeah, the water heater is 1800 bucks, and maybe that house increased in value over the course of that year. Maybe it went up $60,000. Right. So it, 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 it absorbs. Yeah. But if your narrative is, I can't fix that, I don't have the reserves, I'm not handy, you're limiting yourself, and this could be applied to anything. I'm just doing the real estate because we're doing this event on the 16th. For me, it was that that thing about working out, of, of skipping workouts. And I would always find an excuse mm. to skip workouts. So if you looked at the scoreboard, yeah. the scoreboard would say, Ron is a guy that skips workouts. <laughs> right? When you looked at that scoreboard. So I had to reframe that in my brain and go. That's so funny. <laughs> who, who am I going to be? Am I going to be the guy that skips workouts right. or am I going to be a guy that doesn't skip workouts? Right. Yeah. So I knew, and I know, and I'm still not out of the woods yet. I need reminders. Yeah. I need to remind myself that in order to break that narrative that's been around for a long time, I need to consciously think about it every day. What kind of guy am I? Am I the type of guy that skips workouts yeah. or am I the type of guy that doesn't skip workouts? And so for 18 days in a row, I have a literal scoreboard that so, every time I go to the fridge, I can look at that and go, you know what? The scoreboard, there's no blank spots. Is there, is there been more, this is really interesting. Is there been more pressure or has it gotten easier at day 18, 19? Well, I've, I'm taking a, a page out of, a literal page out of James Clear's book. Mm -hmm. And my, my night routine now is that I put my yoga mat that's down. It. That's it. Before I go to bed, you show your so intention. I yeah. like have, I keep my cell phone on a charger, not in my bedroom. That yeah. was a habit I made a long time ago. And so my habit now that I'm trying to stack is to put my phone, when I put my phone on my charger, mm -hmm. I lift my desk up so it'll be in the standing position in the morning. Yeah. I have one of those motorized desks. Stacking habits. And so yeah. I'm stacking I, good habits. When I put my phone on the charger, good. I hit the button so that the desk is at standing height. Yeah. And I put my yoga mat down with the towel and the two little blocks so that I know tomorrow morning when I get up and I walk into that room, it's already set up for me to get to day 19. Yeah. And so, and then I get this reminder on my phone. I'm the type of person that doesn't skip workouts. Great. And then when I go to the fridge, I have that scoreboard. And when I can, I take the pen out, write yoga on the, in the little square. Yeah. And I can see this unbroken chains getting longer every single day. And that makes me, that's a, that's a literal scorecard uh, to vote for the guy that doesn't skip. So you workouts. didn't answer the question. Is it, is it getting easier? The same Is it, is it harder for day 19 tomorrow? You've shown us the intention, it's right? Getting, it's you getting stack easier. the habits, but, but what is day, what is, what is day 19, 20, 21 going to be like? It, 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 it's getting easier to yeah. just know that, that I'm, I'm becoming that type of guy. Yeah. Right? Cause you're trusting yourself and you're building, you're, you're building confidence in yourself and you're reframing and for, yourself. for whatever reason, having an actual scoreboard makes a difference. Yeah. For you. Right? right for me of saying like I can see the evidence every day where that box is filled in is show is proving to me that I can be the type of person that doesn't skip workouts. Yeah. So same thing back to our life changing event, ronadon.com slash change. If you've been like, 
yeah, I want to be an owner and not a renter, but would fill in the blank for you. I'm, I'm, uh, what about this? Or what? I don't have the cash. Or I don't like. There are solutions to these problems once you reframe that into I'm the type of person that is building wealth, mm-hmm. not squandering wealth. I'm building wealth. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can never go on a shopping spree. Doesn't mean like I bought a gadget the other day that I don't need. But what did you buy? Uh, it's a little reader board thing that hooks up to your phone and you can have it scroll any message that you want on there yeah where's it what's on yours i just got it today okay so i'm going to set it up so i'm going to put some of my trading info on there i'm going to put some of these reminders on me so i can look up and see i'm the type of guy that doesn't skip workouts but you got a gadget that that actually the the, the gadget is going to help reinforce the type of person that you want to be reinforce the things i want to be yeah so but i'm saying I i don't need that gadget but what i'm saying is if you're the type of person that's like uh i'm the type of person that's going to build wealth yeah if you're going to be that person well attending a a thing like this a live event that's a vote for that type of person. That's right. The type of person that attends a Ron and Don life-changing take, event take, takes action. is the type of person that's going to build wealth. That's the type of person that's going to buy their first house. Yeah. It's the type of person that is going to put in the energy to moving in that direction. Yeah. And so if that resonates with you, then go sign up, ronanddon.com slash change, and make a vote to become the type of person that is making a positive change, that is making decisions that will create wealth, that is making you be closer to being an owner than being a renter. Love it. Okay. I'll see you guys there February 16th in uh, Ron Will 2. See you in 60 seconds. Hey, you guys. We just want to take a moment to thank everyone that got their Ron and Don sit-down mug and they're running on coffee pot in 2022. And here we come in 2023. What I mean by that, whenever we sit down with somebody, we give them a camp mug that says Ron and Don. I sat down with Ron and Don. And then after we've done a transaction where maybe we bought a piece of real estate together, or we have sold a piece of real estate or invested in a piece of real estate, then around this time of year, we send them the coffee pot that says Ron and Don on it too. That way we can't be forgotten. That's correct. If you want to sit down with us and talk about your real estate journey, it's pretty simple takes 30 to 45 minutes. It's absolutely free to do it. And let's find out together if we would be a good team in 2023 to work toward whatever it is on your real estate quest. Yeah, there's two ways you can do this. They're both very easy. One is you can just email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com. Just say, hey, Ron, uh, I heard you guys talking about the sit down. What do I need to do? Second thing is you can go to ronanddonsitdown.com poke around the website a little bit, read up a little bit on uh, what people are saying about us, what our reviews are, what uh, more information there is, and you can schedule a sit-down right there. Just hit the schedule a sit-down button. All right. We'll see you guys at the sit-down, and believe me, when you see us in person, yeah, we're as scary as we sound. (laughs) Now back to the show. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. It's interesting. I was reading an article the other day. That said that America, the U.S., and we never read these articles because people don't write them. Because people don't read them when you write them. When you write something good and positive, uh, 
it's not as interesting, right? It's just not as interesting. That's why when you turn on the news and you always heard, hey, if it bleeds, it, it leads, it's true. And we have program directors like that. We're news talk. They they want the blood, they want the guts, and they want the fires, right? If it bleeds, it leads. I was I was watching, the, I haven't watched local news. I, I think I was watching Como last night and kicking around King 5 and 13 with my mom, Q13. And all of it, the whole damn newscast, right? At least it used to be they put a big sportscaster in there, and you'd get, you know, maybe seven minutes of sports so you could breathe a little bit. And then it was off to the weather. It, it is because the only way that, that the news gets traction now and they get you to watch a channel is, is through violence. And I tell you what, I, I just I had to turn it off. And even the, the morning news, uh, we just don't have it on in our house. My mom's here right now, so she likes the, to watch the news and, and stay informed that way. I'd rather just kind of read stories and stay informed my own way rather than having stuff just shoved down my throat. Uh, and, and I just got up after watching the news and just going, oh, my gosh, this just feels this feels horrible. I don't like this. Anyway, some good news coming out that America, after all, might be. We might be on the right track here, Ron. How about that? Now, this is another story about framing, of it, but it's about our whole culture. And so the biggest takeaway I got from this story is they did a study, like you said, of news content, and it has been going more and more increasingly slanted negative mm. uh, into the stuff you just said by something like, I, I think it's like 70-something percent of the stories uh, you could categorize that way. And so what they did is that then they did a poll about life satisfaction and job satisfaction. So they went to people polling agency and said, how satisfied you are, how satisfied are you with your job and with your life? And it was something like 85% of Americans say they're satisfied with their, with their work life and their home life, mm. like a huge number, very, very high. So the Delta between the negative news stories and the people with job satisfaction is like, 60 points like it's this huge gap and what they found which is super interesting is the more affluent you are especially affluent conservatives they are increasingly less happy than less affluent less educated conservatives and they say it's the exposure to the news uh so if you're like an affluent conservative and you're tuning in to tucker carlson every night it it drives down your life satisfaction and it drives up your paranoia about worlds coming to an end and uh, look at these immigrants and like all these news stories get into your psyche and make you more anxious and make you less satisfied yeah. than people that have your same political beliefs that are not plugged in to that constant stream of information. So that to me was really interesting. And so then this article pans back and they look at just these meta trends. They're like, if you look at life expectancy, you look at technology, technological advances, uh, they did this really interesting thing where it's like buying um, power, uh, the amount of hours you would have to work to power your residence a hundred years ago was something like, I, I'm, I'm ballparking here, was something like, keeping the lights on your house cost you five hours of labor or something like electricity was expensive. And they said, now you can keep your lights on for under a minute of work, uh, a, a week. 
you know, like the electricity you have and the the salary you have, it's gone down exponentially. And they did this for a bunch of categories. The amount of man hours you had to week uh, work a week to buy food was astronomically higher than it is today. Even though we're feeling inflation right now, they're saying historically it's gone way down. Uh, you know, the amount of wa- like back in the day, you'd have to walk to the well to get water. You would carry a bucket. You'd go to the well, lower it down. You'd get some water. You'd walk it back to your house. Say hi to Laura Ingalls. Right now, you turn. What's going the, on? Half pint. Yeah. Now you turn the tap, and water comes on. Oh, so here the, comes my mom and pa. They're going to pick me up in the wagon. So he he went through a bunch of these categories, and like we take it for granted now. The flip the light switch, and light comes on. No. Like that's a relatively recent development. Life expectancy went up and up and up and up. Um, it was you know there was a time in in America where life expectancy was like forty years. 30, like you were middle-aged in high school. Uh, and so now it's in the 70s to 80s. Yeah, Civil War is like 33 years old. Yeah, so like expensive. when you, if America as a society is actually in pretty great shape. You know, poverty is go, has gone down. Life expectancy has gone up. Convenience has gone up. Uh, access to information has gone up. Like there's all of these trends that are taking us higher. But if you choose to tap into fear and anger yeah. and all that stuff, then you can have a real apocalypse. I think that's really good. And then also, I always tell people proximity, right? So for a lot of us that live in white prominent, white prominent neighborhoods, it's it's hard to know sometimes what's going on in, in black and brown neighborhoods unless you go and you do some coaching or you volunteer or vice versa, right? So so I I think about the proximity of people that aren't like us. Uh, during COVID, I was building a backyard cottage, and I needed someone to come and pour the foundation. And so I called my friend Zach, who owns a company up in Arlington, and so he came down and he had Trump flags on his truck. He has listened to our podcast. He listened to us on the radio. It's the first thing he wanted to talk about when he saw me. And then I met uh, his foreman, Josh. And we would have lunch uh, a couple times a week together. And we would talk a little politics, but mostly we just talk about our families. We talk about the things we cared about. We talked about our loneliness of what it was like to go through COVID. Those guys were very appreciative that they could work outdoors and work during COVID. But, but I have to say what kept me grounded, pretty grounded on the whole Trump train thing, even though a lot of it I didn't agree with, was hanging out with those guys and knowing them. And, and knowing where they come from and, and why they had embraced a candidate like that. And whether I agreed with it or not, it didn't matter. I was in the proximity of people that didn't think like me. They didn't view the world, world like me. Uh, they come from a different time and a different place, and it, they live in a different space. And so it was very good for me to be around that. And, and, and whenever I find myself... Uh, you know, getting pissed off at the homeless or getting pissed off at all these broken down RVs and so on. And so I'll, I'll go spend some time maybe working at a food bank uh, or there's a men's shelter over in Ballard. And, and when you get in the proximity of it, it's, it's just different and you find yourself a lot more tolerant. I'll give you the final say. When, uh, I don't know if I have a final say. I think that's good. I, I said my piece. You said your piece. Yeah. I'm out. You can't be out. You have to have a say. I'm out. When the when the host says you have, when Bill O'Reilly says I'll give you the final say, there's always a final say. Final. And, and no no one's allowed to say you're out. You have to say something. You know what? I don't I don't abide by your rules. Uh-huh. <laughs> One more segment coming up, whether you like it or not. See you in sixty.
Three, two, one. Buy down. What the hell does that mean? Uh, Mitch is here from Mitch.loans. What is a three, two, one buy down? Because when the market was going crazy these past couple of years and there weren't enough homes for all the buyers and money was cheap, I didn't hear of a three, two, one buy down. What is that? Yeah, and investors are definitely bringing it back. And you hear me say all the time, your rate is not your rate. There's room to negotiate. And now with sellers being in a little bit of a panic, they can actually give you money to buy down your rate. They can do it up front or they can do a buy down. And a 3-2-1 buy down means that you get a rate of 3% less than the market rate for a year, wow. 2% less for another year, 1% less for another year. And it's the year four that you finally actually start paying the current rate. And if you refi out, you actually get all of that prepaid interest refunded back to you. So there's no risk. If rates drop in the next year, you get all that money back. You didn't waste that money. Yeah. So you hear everyone say all the time, date the rate, marry the property. That's how you do it with a three, two, one, buy down from Mitch.loans. Reach out to him today. All right, you guys, before we get out of here, this is kind of interesting. My son started playing uh, basketball a couple of years ago, and I would go to his basketball games. Oh, man, I picked him up on a game. That's, it's quite a quite an event. Yeah, you know what's interesting is... is you know, when I was in third grade, it, it, it's, it's the, the thing that was interesting to me, these were, when he picked this up last year, it's fifth and sixth graders playing basketball together. And, and I would go sit some of the practices, and I was amazed that none of the kids knew each other's names. And I'm like, how do they not know each other's names? They've been, they've been playing in this basketball league for quite some time. And, and, and my son didn't know a lot of these kids' names, and my son didn't have a phone. I was shocked at the amount of fifth and sixth graders that have a phone. Parents give them a phone, and they tell them, you know, it's a safety issue. Uh, but somehow we all got through fifth and sixth grade without having this computer in our hands. And 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 what was interesting for the, the, the coaches, when the kids were sitting on the bench and not playing, they let them look at their phones. Uh, they didn't spend – and this, this is an organized league – they didn't spend a lot of time. They, they would teach these kids ball skills, but they wouldn't teach them team skills, right? They didn't learn how to run the triangle offense or the one three one that we ran when we were in sixth grade. I don't know if you remember that. Or or, or the trap game that Air Force uh, made famous, and that's why they had to put the shot clock in college sports because they'd win a game six to two, right? They would get up by a bucket and they would just go into a stall for the rest of the game. So, so all these things that you would learn and phones weren't around and you would learn kids names, you'd learn to be on a, t- a, a team. And then the other thing is a lot of my coaches wouldn't let us taunt. They wouldn't let us uh, talk garbage. I think of when I played in high school, when we got off the bus, we weren't allowed to say anything. Uh, before the game, we had to be completely quiet. We weren't allowed to speak to the other team ever. Uh, at halftime, I've shared this before, when you'd hear sometimes the team taunting you on the other side that, that we were usually beating, and they they try to intimidate you. Uh, we just let our play do the talking. You're never allowed to put your finger up and say number one unless you were actually number one in the standings. You, you couldn't do it. Wasn't allowed. So fast forward, story out, third grader, pretty good ball player. <laughs> And taunting other kids in the third grade. If you have been to a high school football game lately, it is nothing but these wide receivers and cornerbacks talking smack and taunting each other. And Ron, a lot of people look at this. They look at Neon Deion Sanders. They said he's the king of it. 
Look what he was able to do. He's one of the first great athletes that really built this brand based around taunting, giving himself nicknames, and he's still doing it today. And as a result of that, he just got himself a hell of a job in Colorado coaching off the coaching up the Buffaloes. And even when you see him at the end of games, he will go up and he will taunt other coaches. So this is what kids see happening today. And now we have third graders out taunting other third graders. Uh, what say you? Is there room in the sport for that? Uh, it's happening, and I don't think it's going away. So. I think it, well, real quick, on Dion, I watched the co- an interview you did with Shannon Sharp, which I really recommend people go find. He claims that he never, he was flamboyant, and uh, he never spoke to the his opposition oh really he, claimed, he he was not a talker he did what you said he was like if i intercept the ball and i'm going back for a touchdown damn right i'm gonna high step and i'm gonna you know draw attention to the fact that i'm scoring a touchdown but he said he, he never like when he was lined up against jerry rice he was not smack talking jerry rice i didn't know that he Interesting. said he but he wore the jewelry he invented the primetime character, yeah, all that stuff. But it wasn't in the spirit of taunting. Mm. It was in the spirit of him saying, I, I am the best. Yeah, I, I work. And the, what he did, though, which is different than a lot of people, and you can back this up with everyone, he was the first person at practice. He was not out partying. He were outworked everybody on the team. He knew every single play. Uh, he memorized the playbook. He would stay late to do drills. Uh, he was always wor- outworking everybody. And he always says, because I saw my mom work three jobs. And he's like, I knew that if I could go to the NFL, that I could buy her a house and she wouldn't have to work three jobs anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so Dion's an interesting character. And I, I, I wouldn't say he's a taunter. What about Kobe and what about Michael? They, ta- they, they taunted, Payton. but a lot of times they taunted their own team. To be right. to be better and to play harder. My my, and, 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 my quintessential one is Gary Payton. Yeah. Gary Payton would get down into that crouch, the 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 glove crouch, and he would talk smack yeah. at the other player, but he backed it up. Hmm. And when he got beat, uh, he would go smack the other guy in the butt and say, Nice play. Hmm. And so it it depends on if you're a good sport or a bad sport. Was it ever personal with him? We know uh, line, absolutely we know linebackers, personal. for instance, that would go out and they would uh find out information about your mom and then and then talk to you about it during the NFL game. And there's and there's a number of players uh that have done that over the years. And yeah, if you watch the the Sonics in the nineties, you could hear Gary when he was bringing the ball down the court. Uh, I think you, it's you part could, of the you game. Could, you could hear him talking smack. I think is it's it part of the game. Even if it, you're in third grade, as long as it's not something they can't control. So in other words, if a kid, um, you know, has a birth defect or something, that's off limits. You know, you a can't. A birth defect is off limits. You know what I'm saying? Like if they're like the color. I love your boundaries. <laughs> it's, a, it's a non-controllable character trait. Yeah. The, you know, the color of your skin um, if you had a specific thing that's an obvious, like to pick on that, uh, is off limits. So you're saying if if it, if it's if it's uncontrolled, if it's personal, yeah, personal thing. But if you're just gonna like say, hey, you can't beat me, you can't guard me, nice shot, like what? If you're poking at them yeah. in the confines of the competition, I don't have a problem with that. I, I think that the referees 
can control like if you're taunting someone you're stepping over them and you're doing something and you get a penalty for that like you'll learn the boundaries like the referees can enforce in football and basketball there are specific rules you have to play within those rules but yeah like if that's part of competition and that's part of life is people try to get under your skin to get in, get an edge on you yeah and so that is a great way for young people specifically to like when you see a, a third grader and someone got them enraged, I would rather them practice that with an adult around than when you see a kid that's enraged and then they go out and put a you know a handgun in their backpack. Like doing it, it's a it's a controlled scenario where it's like that guy made me mad. Let's lean into that. Tell me more. Why did he make you mad? Because when I missed, he made fun of me. Okay, tell me more. So now you're you're yeah. practicing what it's like to get angry. You're and you're practicing tolerance, right? And you're yeah. practicing patience and you're practicing and and you're learning about anger. And, and then anger, you learn anger is a real feeling. That when so. you're playing out of control, you're not gonna score. And so it's like, yeah, you missed. He tried to get under your skin. Next time, stay in control. The best way to shut him up is to bring the ball back down and score. And so when next time you do that, you feel like, yes, it feels good to come back down and score. Yeah. Going back to Jordan, I love, uh, I just read an uh, interview by Dennis Rodman. He never talked to anyone on that team. Scotty Pippen said he never had a discussion with Dennis Rodman. He goes, I didn't need to. Because he balled. He balled. I, I needed to say it. nothing to him because right. they they asked Scotty. They said, "What kind of what kind of conversations do you have with Dennis Rodman today?" He goes, "I don't talk to Dennis Rodman. I didn't then, and I don't now." So, hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by the Ron and Don Show. If you want to get in touch with us, Ron, there's a couple different ways that people can do it, and we also got a life changing event coming up February 16th. RonandDon.com/slash/change. Thirty seats available. We'll be talking real estate. Yeah, if you, but if you're on the other side of the coin, you're like, "Hey, I need to list something. I have a family member that's getting older." They need to move out we need to list their home uh i need to list my home i got a job i'm transferring i'm i'm going down to move into the sunshine you can just email me directly ron at ronadon.com yeah we got some uh, people requesting sit downs but they weren't sure about this they're like are you guys regional we had someone in tacoma contact us this week someone in port orchard contact us uh someone on the east side contact us uh and we've had people up north in places like arlington that I, that i just talked about they're like can you guys sell a home here or can you help me buy a home in some of these areas? Yes, we are regional. So email me, ron at ronadon.com. We can do that sit down uh, all online if you'd like, yeah. ronadonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget this week we have a bonus episode that's just about real estate coming up on Friday. Make sure you listen to last Friday's episode where we talked about real estate and real estate commissions and why you should actively negotiate those and how to do it, all right? Hey, he's Ron. I'm Don. Till next time, keep your head up, shoulders back. It's the Ron and Don Show. Of they on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.